0: Your campaign manager sent out a memo this morning, and it lays out the reasons why you will stay in this race through South Carolina and beyond. It covered a lot of issues. I will tell you that I've covered a lot of campaigns. I've seen a lot of these memos written on the day of or the day before a, uh, an election, and they really mean it when they're writing it. And then the results happen and things change. I mean, Chris Christie and Ron DeSantis both said that they weren't gonna drop out and then they ended up doing it. What assurances can you give voters in South Carolina and beyond that you're in it, that the tape that you talk about that you wanna run through is months away?
1: I mean, we just put down a $4 million ad buy in South Carolina. I mean, we have been running a very um, smart, strong campaign. We had 14 candidates, it's now down to two. That's not because I was lucky. That's because I was outsmarted the rest of them and outworked the rest of them. We're gonna continue to do that. You know, everybody's waiting to write my obituary. I don't know, you go from 14 candidates down to two, that's not an obituary. That's somebody who's a fighter. That's somebody who's not given up. That's somebody who believes in America so much that will put away what the media class and the political class is saying and say, look, we're gonna get this done for the good of the country and watch us do it.
0: You're you're not going to go there. For example, double digits, if you lose by
1: double digits tonight. I mean, I don't even want to talk about numbers, and I don't think y'all should either. The only numbers I care about is our people getting out to the polls. And what we saw today, people are excited to get out and vote. I mean, look at the fact that the conservative union leader endorsed us. Look at the fact that, you know, the first six votes in the country that happened in Dixville Notch, all six came to us. Not part, not one. All six came to us. All of those things are wins. I look at the wins. I don't look at the obstacles, because if you look at the obstacles, you're never focused on what the end game is. The end game is how do we go so strong that not only do we take care of this primary, but we go and we win a general so that everybody can start to get back on track. We've got to focus on the issues that matter, not about whether a poll is saying something or not. Governor Sununu, you were just on another network, and you said some pretty tough stuff about
0: Donald Trump. Saying that uh, he is not the Donald Trump of 2016,
2: and I don't think anybody thinks he's, that. He's yeah.
0: off the tele. If he's off the teleprompter, he can barely keep a cogent thought. Yeah. Okay, but he's still the guy that, if what you're doing here doesn't work out, which I know you're working very hard to make sure it does.
2: You would vote for him for president? Yeah. Look, he's just not the same guy, and that, I think that's what people are seeing. If if he was the same guy in the whole nine yards, this would have been a fate to complete. But it's not. Folks want something different, which is why all the, everybody's coming out. They believe in a Republican Party of the future, not just litigating chaos of the past. That's why you're seeing so much excitement here. And again, you know, if the argument is, oh well, if Trump you know wins in New Hampshire, I guess this is done. Well, if Nikki wins here, is Trump done? Is that the is that our is that our our argument? No, of course not. Look. New Hampshire's, New Hampshire's biggest opportunity in every four years is to winnow down the field. We did that. Nikki did that. Not, I mean, Nikki did that even before we got to New Hampshire. And so these first three states are to make sure that America knows their options. 47 others to go. And it's the voters, not the media, not Donald Trump, not even Nikki Haley. It's the voters that will decide who leaves this party in this country.
0: That we definitely all agree on. It is completely up to the voters, but you have to make your case to them. One of the things, just kind of bouncing off of what you said about that he can't even read a teleprompter without giving a cogent thought, um, you keep saying over and over again that Donald Trump is too old to be president since he confused you with Nancy Pelosi. You've also been noting that he doesn't have the cognitive ability, you don't think, and that chaos follows him. But do you think that he is fit to be president.
1: I think that he's fit, but what I'm saying is do we really want two 80 year olds to be our options when we're talking about president? And that's not being disrespectful. It's the fact that we need somebody that's gonna go eight years ready, fully focused to do that. Neither one of them can say they can do that, right? One, because Trump can't run longer than four years. But two, is that really what we want to do when we've got a country in disarray and a world on fire, that we're going to do that? So what I'm saying is you can't say that when you're 80 that you're not in decline. Scientifically, you are in decline, no matter who you are. Yeah, I think he's fit. You can see that he's out there. He's mentally. I mean, look, we've seen him get confused. He was confused about me having something to do with keeping security away from the Capitol. I, clearly, he was talking about someone else. He was confused when he said that Biden was going to run us into World War II. Clearly, he meant World War Three. World War this is more of a, about have you heard a vision? from him on where he's gonna take us in the future. You have it, you've heard about who he's gonna go against in the past, what vendettas he's gonna take care of, but nothing about the vision for the future. Let me just ask you another
0: version of the question of
1: fit because he was found liable
0: in a civil trial for sexually assaulting E. Jean Carroll. He's under investigation for obstructing attempts to get him to return classified documents that he took uh, from the White House. He's arguing constantly that he deserves total immunity you think that that
1: conduct makes him fit to be president? If I did, I wouldn't be running. So the the but whole you also focus... you have
0: pledged to support him and endorse him if you end up not making it.
1: Because I don't ever want to see a President Kamala Harris. That should send a chill up everyone's spine. So do
0: you think sh- that a President Kamala Harris would be more dangerous than somebody who... Uh, is alleged to and has been found liable for
1: the conduct that I just described? What I worry about is the media doesn't think Americans are smart enough to see that. Americans are gonna look Do they want someone that's tied up in investigations? No, Biden and Trump are both tied up in investigations. That's why they 75% say they don't want to see a Biden-Trump rematch. People don't want to have two candidates in their 80s. People see that they both ran us trillions of dollars in debt that our kids are never going to forgive them for. This is about the fact that people want someone who's going to secure the border, bring down inflation, focus on getting education back on track, getting the country moving again. That's the biggest thing. They don't want to deal with the negativity. In the chaos of the past, and so this is not personal for me. I don't dislike Donald Trump. I don't dislike Joe Biden. What I dislike is the direction in our country. What I dislike is that I don't like my kids feeling like this, where they wonder if they're ever going to afford a home, if they're going to get a job, how they're going to how they're going to deal with this debt. Those are the issues people, regular people, want to talk about. They don't care about this, the pettiness with Trump and Biden. That's actually what they want to get away from.
0: I was at a Trump rally last night. Immigration was the issue that voters told me they care the most about and the economy and he was president so they say let's just go back to him
2: yeah he didn't do anything with either of those issues right did did we build the wall that was the biggest promise that we got in 2016.
0: they had more money in their bank account but the problem is but
2: they owe more money today yeah no no more money today their kids owe that money 34 trillion is not government debt guys it's your debt is our kids' debt. Like, we owe that money, not the government. We owe that money, and it comes out in terms of taxes. So uh, the analogy I give is, like, hey, buying a nice, fancy house for your family and putting it on a credit card. It looks good out front, but, my God, what have you just done to, to the family in well, the debt and situation? not only
1: that, he put us $8 trillion in debt in just four years. So, yeah, the economy may have been good but he ran up the credit card to do it. Everybody knows that's not sustainable. We can't run our households like that. You sure don't want to run government like that. And what should chill everybody is the fact in two years we'll be paying more money on interest payments than our defense budget. That's not okay. And we don't want Russia, China, and Iran to see that happen. We spoke exactly at this time
0: last week, the day after Iowa. You've now been running around uh, campaigning very hard in New Hampshire. What have you learned this week in New Hampshire and even before that? Over the past few months, campaigning that you wish you knew then that you know now about how to approach this campaign? I
1: mean, look, I think campaigns are all about learning and lessons, and you have to be very flexible. I mean, to me, New Hampshire and actually Iowa to a certain extent, it's very much like South Carolina. I mean, I grew up where campaigning is a contact sport. You've got to touch every hand. You've got to answer every question. You've got to be out there. You've got to go to Donner's. You've got to go to breweries. You've got to go. That's how South Carolina is, too. So from that standpoint, you know, I think that came very natural to me. What you learn is what people in New Hampshire care about. They care about a northern border. No one talks about that. Everybody talks about the southern border. They care about the fentanyl flow. People hear about that. New Hampshire's been hit very hard. They care about transparency and education. You know, I mean, there's certain things that they care about that is different than other parts of the country, but they're just as important. And so I've learned a lot from them. And I love that Granite Staters, they wear their feelings on their sleeve. They tell you exactly what they think. And you know what they think? They don't understand why we have an open border. They don't understand why Joe Biden's done nothing to secure it. They don't understand why Republicans and Democrats are both spending like drunken sailors when it's their tax dollars. There's a lot they don't understand. What they do understand is they're ready for a new generational leader. They're tired of the peacocking. They're tired of the political class and they want to see something get done. You wish you got in this race?
2: Oh, no, uh, I, I can't. Look, I have a lot of energy. I've never met anyone that can keep up with me. I can't keep up with her. I mean, I'm, I, I can't tell you how impressed I am. The fact that she hits the last, en- the last event of the day with the same energy, enthusiasm, spending the time with voters as the first one. She's the last one out of the room. I love that about her. She just wants to connect with people.
0: Thank you both for stopping by. Thanks so much. Nice right. surprise to see you. Appreciate it.